This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Kim Grenolds of Dogman.com with Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund. Day 5, Husky football. Fall camp 2023 is on the shores of Lake Washington. Another overcast day today. Highs expected to be uh, upper 70s. Upper 70s, low 80s, but pretty much overcast. So we'll probably get that burnt off probably about 1 or 2 o'clock this afternoon. But kind of a mild day out there. And just, uh, you know, one of the first things from practice today, Coach Baird walked in. So it was good to see Coach Baird mm-hmm. walking in. Yeah. So um, we kind of had this argument before we started the recording. Who won the day? Because Chris seemed to think it was the offense. No, you see, Chris, Chris thought it was the defense. You thought it was the offense. Yeah. I, I thought it was Groundhog's Day in another football practice. I thought you were still working on your camera. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, the reason I gave it to the offense was that one session about I don't know halfway through the, when they put him on, they were put him on inside the fifty, um, and I don't think they didn't score a touchdown. There was a point where. Dylan Morris hit Jack West over on a play for a touchdown. Then he hit. Then he comes back and he throws just that laser beam to Jalen McMillan in the back corner of the end zone. Then he finds. I, I think it was him, but it might have been Austin Mack hits uh, uh, Jeremy Bernard um, on a busted coverage, and Jeremy Bernard just runs him for the score. So I gave it to the offense because then they, in the last team period, uh, the defense held the offense on um, three straight plays to start, and that's one of the reasons Three why straight you, drives. Three straight drives. and So three, three and outs. But then the offense came right back and scored on the last two drives. So I look at that as more of a push. And I know you're – I'm not going to tell you what you told me when I said three is greater than two. Mm-hmm. But bottom line is you add that, and then you also add the fact that it was takeaway Tuesday – yeah, Devon Banks with a pick. Yeah, Carson Bruner with a great pick. That was Jumped awesome. Route. He would have been. I think that would have been a pick six. Um, were there any other takeaways? I think I, that was it. I think yeah. uh, uh, no. I think Sakai uh, Asawal Afoa actually had a strip sack of Mac, mm. where he forced the fumble and recovered it. Mm. So there were there were a few things that I thought the defense did really really well. But that being said, the offense always strikes back, and they got a big play at the end from Mac to Bernard. So two stories of the day. One's a story. The other one's not. The one that's not, no Michael Penix playing today again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, look, Kalen DeBoer walked up and he goes right after practice. Yeah, right after practice, he goes. No, he I'm ran not, over. Yeah, by he's the way. like, I'm not supposed to talk to you guys today, but I just want you guys to know, and I want this out there. My, there is nothing wrong with Michael Penix. We are just letting him rest his arm. That is it. Load management. Yes. Yeah. Apparently, he's on a pitch count. Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean that's but that's the way they talk well, about it. Well, if you it, think about of. it, I don't know if you remember this. This is a this is going back a long time. I remember talking to Jake Browning, um, and it was uh, before his senior year, or maybe it was right after, and he was getting ready to enroll at Washington in time for 
winter winter quarter or whatever, and we were doing an interview, and this is when we were on KJR, and he basically said, in the summer, I threw, before fall camp, I threw 3,000 balls a day. And by the time I got to camp, my arm was just completely dead. So basically, all he did was take handoffs, hand it off, work, you know, do all those different kind of things, was in film study. But he said, I basically didn't throw a pass in the first two weeks of fall camp because I didn't need to. I had already been throwing all, all summer long. And on top of it, he actually did throw some passes today. Yes. He threw a few. Yes. And it wasn't like he went crazy or anything. But the other thing I would say, too, that I thought was really, really interesting that's kind of a, a side to that story is that, they're still trying to get him conditioned. They're still trying to get him in shape so he's not literally just standing around taking mental reps. He was actually doing gassers again today like we saw him on Sunday. And I and I asked I asked Kellen DeBoer real quick about that. And I was like, what is the story? I've never seen a starting quarterback take gassers in the middle of practice. And he goes, that's all based on their GPS and the metrics that they're trying to reach. So it's not just the total amount of, of feet or, or miles mm-hmm. or whatever they're, they're looking at for their metrics, but it's also like sprinting. They have to have a certain number of sprints in and all these types oh, of things. Mm-hmm. So the quarter, so it wasn't just Penix who did it today, too. He did it all, by himself. By himself then, for a while. And then all the quarterbacks had to do it. Except for Dylan, who was holding. Right, and, 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 he pro- and it was probably because... He had gotten so many reps, and he and they've been scrambling quite a bit. Did you see Tristan Dunn afterwards? He yeah. was doing hundred yard gas. Yeah, so there are going to be guys. It's all metrics based, guys. This is all based on um, the science of it, and then they have to reach yeah. specific numbers every single they're time. Tra- it's kind of crazy. They're trying to close the rings on their Apple yeah. Watch, is what yeah. they're doing. I'm looking at um, too. Yeah, <laughs> and it to, yeah. To, I mean, it's a good analogy, honestly. Yeah. Because we all we all do it, and we all Damn, have we I'm all behind. I'm a GPS. Yeah, we all have metrics that we're trying to reach, whether it's steps whoa, whoa, whoa. or whatever. What are, your, what are your metrics? Oh, I'm not telling. <laughs> why would you? Why would I tell? <laughs> I remember. I remember when Chris Peterson did the video YouTube video the day the day in the life of him, basically, yeah. and he talked about how he hadn't been able to get a workout in the day that they filmed him. So then he just looked at his watch. He goes, "Well, I got in about twenty nine thousand steps, so I'm pretty good." <laughs> I was just like, "You're." You're a masochist, man. You, you, I mean, I I have walked uh, four miles in a day and hadn't gotten fifteen thousand steps. Yeah. yeah, and so to rock twenty nine thousand twice that much, that's a lot of walking. Yeah. The non-story of the day was Michael Penix not practicing, but the story of the day, uh, Dylan Morris. Yeah, best practice I've seen him have. I, I He was dialed in, man. He was hitting guys left and right. He was drilling passes. Granted, he had to turn over to uh, Bruner later in pra- at the very end of practice, but, I mean, I thought it was the best practice I had seen him. He have. looked like he was toying with the defense yeah. at times. At times, yeah. And I think there's something to be said for the fact that when you're allowed to get into a rhythm like that yep. and, you, and you're really getting the reps that, that Mike would get, that it's it's – I wouldn't say it's hard to not have a great practice, mm-hmm. but – I think it makes it so much more easier to feel like you're in command, you're in control of this thing, you're running the offense just how you would see Mike run the offense. He has been the guy behind Mike now for a year. He's seen kind of what he's doing, so he sees what he what Mike's what Mike's doing. So in some ways, it's not necessarily difficult to replicate that. And on top of it, what is he in year five of of the show now? Yeah. He's, he's at UW. This guy has so many reps. 
banked reps under his belt. He, uh, it, it's, it's not surprising to me that he had a, a really good practice tonight. Twelve teams in the Pac-12. It could be argued he's in the top half of the quarterbacks in the conference. Nope, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Mm. I, I mean, think about it. You, you got to look at the quarterbacks in this hold conference. Hold on, hold on a second. So you've got Knicks, you've got Williams, you've got Penix, you've got Cam Ward, you've got DJ Uyongalele. That's Cam, five right Cam there. Rising. Cam Rising. Cam Rising. Dante Moore. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> you got I, Jaden I Delora. I don't think you can do. Okay, Jaden Delora. Think, yeah, Jaden Delora is probably. The way he looked today. What's the, the way he looked today. I'm just, I, I, I think him Kim is saying. You what about the Notre Dame kid who's at ASU now? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, mean, I don't it, know. The way he's playing out there today, I'd Drew put Price, him up against Drew Cam Price Rising. Something. Drew, something like that. Yeah. I would put him up against Cam Rising. The way he's playing today, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Cam Rising adds that running ability. That, that I'm Dylan, as a big a fan of Dylan Morris as anybody in this group, and I'm I'm not yeah. there. Yeah, I'm not there. He looked good. He he looked really good today. Yeah, this was again the best I've seen him look. And I and I will I will put a caveat out there that the main I mean, let's put it this way: the main stuff that I saw last year when he had to come in for Penix in in like high leverage situations. The main one that I remember was at Arizona State. That's the only time he did come right. in. Right. And so but he came in and he had control of that offense like it was not a problem. And so to me Well, and he had to complete cuz it was third and long. Yeah. And, and he, he had to make that one throw to McMillan. Yeah. And so like I said, he he's the be- he's the best backup in the league. No question in my mind. He is the best backup in the league. I mean, for Washington to have the depth and talent at quarterback that they have, they have the. I think they have the best room in the league. Okay. I don't. I don't think there's any question of that. Who who has a better room in the league right now? Right. Well, you take a look at Dylan Morris where he was a year ago, and you take a look at him right now, and I think the biggest difference is the command he has on the offense. And a year ago, I think he was going out and trying to win the job, and I think he was taking a lot more gambles. I think he was a little bit more of a gunslinger mentality. I don't think he has that gunslinger's mentality. I just think he's just confident as hell out there. I can do this. Yeah, if he had the gunslinger mentality, he would take more chances than he takes. I don't think. He, I think there are times when he lets plays go because he he is a little more conservative with the ball. Well, he drilled a, think, he drilled a couple into tight windows today. Yeah, but I don't think he needs to be a gunslinger. In no, he does, guys. I think Ryan Grubb is taking the gunslinger part of it out of the equation entirely because he's created situations where guys are getting open. So he doesn't have to feel like he's slinging it around all over the place. He can find his first or second read almost all the time. He doesn't need to scan the field and go five, six seconds before throwing. That said, both him and Mac were pressured plenty and were scrambling plenty today. And, I, again, I, I give a lot of the credit to defense. I think that's one of the reasons why I think the defense ultimately won the day. Sunday, we've talked about it quite a bit. Austin Mack struggled. He came back yesterday and had a good day. And not I think he, no, Saturday he struggled. Saturday, Saturday, Saturday he struggled. Sunday, he yeah, back. it just looks like he's taken another step. Each practice that we've seen him, oh, yeah. he seems to have taken another step oh, yeah. forward. Yeah, you can see it almost rep to rep is what the coaches. Well, have that's DeBoer said yeah. that he said that on Sunday. Mm-hmm. He said you literally see that kid grow by the by the rep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's hard not to miss. He's him looking good. About. I mean, there's times when it's like you can tell he's a freshman, but there's also times when you're like that isn't a freshman throw. So. Well, I think the biggest the biggest thing you can say about Austin Mack right now is that the stage is not too big for no, him it is at not. all. Mm-hmm. He's he's going to make the freshman mistakes. Everyone should already have have that kind of baked into the equation. But when he's making the throws and when he is not having to necessarily go through those progressions and he can literally just step and throw into his first read, 
he's as he's as good right now as any of them. A good comparison for Austin Mack is Justin Herbert and where he was because they're both built about the same. They both can run around a little bit. Uh, Justin Herbert was not this advanced when he showed up on campus. Yeah, we were commenting. Uh, you know, when you take a look at Austin Mack at seventeen. Michael Penix is six years older than him. Yes, he is. Dylan Morris is five years older than him. Mm-hmm. That's huge at that yeah. age. Yeah. yeah. And, I th- and I actually think that uh, Mac is more athletic than Herbert. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, Herbert had that broken femur, so it, you know, I think that took some of his stuff away. But, yeah, to yeah. me, um, uh, I kind of compare him to Quincy Pondexter. You know, he kind of has that Quincy Pondexter build, you know, mm-hmm. six 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 seven, and he's real athletic and wiry. So, yeah, um, yeah he's, he looks like a basketball player out there playing quarterback, then he has a pretty strong arm. Yeah, yes, he does. So, um, Speaking of that, are they going to be doing Husky Olympics? Are we, are we going to hear some exploits of Austin Mack dunking that was the basketball? The, I thought that was during the... Is it during spring? Summer. During yeah. summer? Okay. I don't know. Yeah, the transfer from Mississippi State, um, Dylan Johnson. We haven't seen much of him, but we saw a little bit of him today. Yeah, a little bit today. Not what was the criticism that Mike Leach had of him? That he wasn't tough. Okay, well. Yeah. And we haven't seen a lot of him. He's well, we haven't big. seen a lot of him until today, pretty much. It was him. Like, they came over on one of the special teams uh, periods, and they were working the sled. And it was him and Cam Davis and Daniel Gata. So those three were kind of ripping the sled a little bit mm-hmm. today right in front of me. I was watching him, and um, he looks good. I mean, on the hoof, he looks fantastic. I mean, he's as physically built as any of those guys. Yep. Looks great. But, um, again, really have not have not seen him run around hardly at all. And that's why I would say at this point, if I was going to do a depth chart, it would be Cam Davis then probably Will Nixon, and then probably Daniel and Gata right now. Mm-hmm. That's that's what that's what it kind of looks like in terms of the the amount of turns Reps, that these yeah. guys are getting. Because like I said, Sam Adams doing conditioning today. Um, he's been kind of out for a couple practices now, and so he's he's starting to lose some steam in terms of the momentum that he gained. Because I would have thought Sam Adams had a legit chance to be the number two guy he behind seemed like Davis. He, coming he into seemed camp. like he had made a move. Yeah, he had made a move. I don't think it was in question. He had made a move and. Unfortunately, he's got a niggle or something, and it's uh, it's taking a step back now. Okay, uh, Jer- Jeremy Bernard had another nice day. Um, you could see with the three receivers that they have that you know you anticipate being your starters in Polk, Odunzi, and McMillan. Boy, Jeremy Bernard's really coming. Oh on. yeah, he looked great today. He had a couple really nice catches, <clears throat> a couple really nice runs. He's gonna he's gonna be a huge threat. When it comes to um, when it comes to getting in the open field, I think that's where he's going to make more of his hay than maybe down the catching long passes and then just running by guys. He's going to buy. He he's just so great with the ball in his hands. I I can just see him catching a twenty yard pass and turning that into an eighty yard touchdown. And, and not that this is a major revelation or anything, but the fact is, Denzel <laughs> Boston got a little dinged up today, and. But Bernard was, like, right there. I mean, he's like, okay, well, if Denzel can't go full speed or 100 reps or all this stuff, he can't necessarily be there right with me stride for stride. I'm going to take over. I'm going to make sure that I get these reps to take my shot. And And he did that. And I think the guy who's made the biggest move in fall camp so far is a guy who sees that uh, playing time available, and that's Will Nixon. He had a really nice catch out on a a route today. But Will Nixon, Nixon, has he been kind of a surprise? Uh, you know, I think I think if you ask the coaches, they're going to say no. Mm-hmm. They're going to say they saw this all the way. 
Um, I talked to Ron Grubb about him, and he says he's absolutely a running back, 100%. I don't care what he's listed at on Go Huskies. And um, he just, I think they love his versatility. And when you talk to Lee Marks, I remember the very, very first time we talked to Lee Marks. Who's the guy that he wanted to, to be his model for the kind of running back that he would recruit? It's Ladanian Tomlinson. That's the kind of guy he wants. Or no, it wasn't Ladanian Tomlinson. It was, um, oh my God, who's the other guy? The guy that was with, played for the Rams. Who was like the full-on, oh man, that's going to kill me. Falk. Yes, Marshall Falk. Well, everybody's looking for Marshall Falk. <laughs> well, but that's the kind of prototype that he wants. And, um, you know, you can see some of the Marshall Falk in a guy like Wilmix, and, and it just comes down to the to the intangibles. It comes down to pass pro. comes down to whether or not you can be an every-down guy. Was that uh, the catch he made? It was... Uh... Uh, well, it should have been a 70-yard touchdown, but Dylan Morris didn't place it right. I, I'm, other than the throw, that was bad to um, that because he just. But he had clear, but he had clear space. Yeah, that, I mean, he had cleared the. DB. Yeah, if if Dylan Morris had thrown that more out in front than maybe on the yeah, back like shoulder, down the hash yeah, because he had to turn and catch it and then fell. He was so pretty was well a, contorted. So it was about that. a what 40-yard catch instead of. What could have been like a seventy-yard touchdown? Yeah, but it was, it was it was it was a good it was a good throw because it was a safe throw. Only only Nixon was going to catch it, but he but the way Nixon had just basically just bombed. Was out that go for it that he beat? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Which again, you know, that's that's that's, that's what you want. You want a running yeah. back. If you're running Ryan Grubb, yeah. you want that. You want your quarterback to take that shot every time. Yeah. So introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yeah, moving over to the defensive side of the ball, uh, Mark Bruner. <laughs> uh, Carson Bruner had a nice pick today. Mm-hmm. Just stepped right in front of the ball. I mean, it, he was in the passing lane. Dylan yeah. tried to throw it, it's and it classic yeah. jump, jump route. Just yeah. boom. That would have been a pick six. I think easy to me the way I looked at it. They seem to have go forth. I mean, they seem to have the two paired together, where it's um, Eddie and um, uh, Tupatala. Tupatala. They always seem to be on the field together, and Bruner and go forth always seem to be on the field together. Well, we were talking to William Inch today about it, and and he said that you know they've been probably monitoring Zoe a little bit more than, than those other guys, but he certainly get his turns in. This is the first practice I noticed where he wasn't in yellow at all today. And so he was able to do full go on all the team periods, and um, it really shows. So he, he looks slim. He looks good. He's running around really well. And like Inch says, he goes, when you have him, you've got Eddie, you've got Goforth, you've got Bruner, you've got Drew Fowler in the mix. And we're not even talking about the freshman. And again, I think uh, Whitney, this was the first day I remember Whitney not being in yellow either in a while. So that was good. He had all the, the linebackers uh, at his disposal, and so that was good to see. But 
They're they're legitimately five deep at that at that spot at the at the inside linebacker spot right now. You know, Scott, when I first met uh, Tupatala when he was a senior in high school, I looked at him and he was thick. Mm-hmm. Um, are you very little, thick? Are you a little surprised on what he's turned into? Yes. Typically, guys don't they slip up. He slimmed down because he was yeah. probably what two thirty five, maybe two twenty five. Yeah, season. I was. No, no, I'm yeah. talking about out of high school. Oh, out of high school, he was two thirty five, two forty. Right, yeah. I was and imagining more of a and he edge, slimmed, like a hopoi type guy. And he slimmed all the way down to about two ten. Yeah. And what is he now again? He's about two twenty five, two thirty, maybe. I think, but he's, he's listed at two forty. I think. But he he looks different than he did in yeah. high school. Absolutely. Are you kind does. of surprised that? What he's turned into? Yes, yes, and he's an instinctive linebacker. I just, I didn't see him playing middle linebacker for Washington. The biggest thing that I think was his biggest obstacle last year was that he was being asked to to run the middle of that defense, to make all the calls, to do all the communication, and it just felt like there were too many reps where he was maybe just like a half step, like he was, mm-hmm. he was, he was. He was making the check or making the call right as the ball is being snapped. And so he would naturally just be behind the play ever so slightly. Now I don't think that that's going to be an issue at all because not only does he know the defense like the back of his hand, he has all those banked reps from last year. He's got it under control. But now he's playing next to Eddie, which he only got to do about half of last year. So he's got his running guy back with him. And I just think that all those things combined are going to allow him to play so much faster. And just and just um, the computer in his head in terms of just breaking things down. I think everything is just going to happen for him at a faster rate, which is going to allow him to play faster. Didn't notice Jabbar Muhammad today. Is that a good thing? Mm, he got he was getting kind of burned a few times in one on ones, but for the most part, he one of the reasons why Dylan Morris. I I don't want to take away from Dylan's day. There are a bunch of uh, coverage. Mess ups. There were, yeah. uh, what, um, there, were some, there were some busts. Yes. Yeah, and he took advantage of them. He he was patient and was able to find the right guy. But um, you know, I don't know if it was Jabbar Muhammad who messed something up, or if it was Devon Banks. I know there was Devon Banks and Cam Fabi Kulan and didn't trade off on a guy, and and Mac almost hit Bernard for a long. I, you mentioned it in the thread because yeah. it was a throw out of bounds. He he didn't keep his feet in. But Cam Fabi Kulana was late, but Cam was like, that wasn't my guy. That was your guy, Devon. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, and I was just, I was just going to say that, you know, I, I am finding the battles between Muhammad and Roma Dunze getting like more that, yeah. and more interesting as we're going on here. I just, I'm there was reminded, a PI on uh, Muhammad earlier. Too. There was, and then he came back, and, and Rome got him on another play, but he was draped all I mean, he was yeah. right on top of him. But, there, but it reminded me of the, like, you know, when Pettis and, and McDuffie were going at mm-hmm. it, or, or Ross and, uh, and Byron Murphy. No, do you remember just, uh, uh, Curse and um, Trufant? Trufant, yeah. Yeah, those guys I mean, there's just, at each other. In, in practices yeah. in the past, we've seen some really, really cool battles between some, some great DBs. Future and NFL great, guys. Future yeah. NFL guys, for sure. And I think we're seeing more of the same. Um, you know, in this camp, I don't know if Jabbar Muhammad is a surefire NFL guy. I don't know if he would have to maybe play more inside as at, at 5'10". As a slot. I mean, I don't know how many guys in the NFL 5'10 have, have, have had a lot of success playing corner, but you got to be really, really special. At safety, is Tristan Dunn making a little bit of a move? 
Hard to say. Um, he's not playing safety. He's, he's playing, playing a lot more, of husky. more husky. He's playing a lot and of husky. And right now there. he's backing up uh, Mish Powell. So um, the guy at safety, I'd say, that has been the most impressive to me. Other, I mean, I think Asa Turner has had one of his best camps. He he would have absolutely obliterated um, Polk, who, Polk yeah. at the goal. Well, uh-huh. right down by the goal line. Yeah. Um, it was one of those classic where yeah. Polk catches it in stride going into the end zone. But it's like that would never have happened. He would have. He, he would, would have been decapitated. He would have been I mean, decapitated. There would have been a, it would probably have a penalty. Been, it would have either been a pi or a personal foul, or maybe is there ever been both? Yeah, and a, a pi and a yeah, personal foul. Probably, yeah, and kicked out of the game probably. But if I, by the way, we forgot another interception—the one that uh, Morris threw to Polk and it bounced up in the air, and Elijah Jackson yes, intercepted that's it. True. So yeah. that was the third one. Yep. Anyway, but that should have been a catch. But that should have been a catch. Defense. That was that was not, not good. anyway. Defense. Anyway, um, but. Uh, the one guy that I would say that has really made a move at safety that looks really good, and I'm, he's going to play a lot this year, is Vince Nunley. I think he's looked totally fully recovered from his knee injury that he suffered this time last year, so knock on wood, he stays healthy. Yeah. Um, but I, I think he's looked the most consistent of the guys back there. With Esteen being out today, and because he wasn't, I think, the whether it's a concussion or not, I have no idea. Yeah, whatever it is. I'm, I'm not trying to he speculate. He looked fine. He, was he looked fine, but he did get hit in the helmet. Yeah. And so I'm sure they're just taking On his all interception. Per- on his interception. So they're taking all precautions. So I guarantee you that's, that's what it was. He was out there today, but he, mm-hmm. he was basically decked out. But he had a he had a bucket hat on instead of a helmet. Yeah. Um, to me, Nunley is one of those guys. But the other guy that's getting a ton of reps because Esteen isn't there is the walk-on, Sean Toomey Stout. Yeah. And... I know he was talking to a couple guys. I think I'm not saying that he's going to get a lot of reps this fall, but the bottom line is when you're Julius Brown and you're Chuck Morrell and you saw how your your basically your secondary last year was an absolute mash unit, you're trying to get as many guys mm-hmm. ready as you can possibly yep. get. And would it surprise me if he ended up getting some high leverage stuff this fall? No. I don't think they want to play Vincent Holmes yet. I think he's a year away from That's really right. being a contributor. But Vincent Holmes. And he'll and I, play four games. I put it. Yeah. Way. I put a note on the board about just some observations of guys that I hadn't talked about yet. Vincent Holmes is a guy I talked about. He needs to put on some size and he needs to understand the defense better and all that stuff. But you can see yeah. that he's got a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. So. That's 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 exciting. We're getting into starting a little bit of a Groundhog's Day, and practice is definitely getting more intense and a little bit more complicated. Where some of the young guys that maybe stood out to us early have kind of fallen back a little mm-hmm. bit. Any of the young guys, uh, you know, newcomers jumping out at you, Scott, that we could see on the field at some point this year? Hmm. Devin Bryant still a little bit. He gets a few reps here and there. Um. Yeah, I'm not seeing a lot of a lot of guys who can, you know, I would have said Tybo Rogers, but he's dealing with his. He's not back yet. He's dealing with his yeah, issue, whatever it is. He wasn't here today. Um, I would say I would add as well on offense, uh, one guy I did see that was getting some reps with the twos in the team periods was Tayshawn Lyons. Yeah. So I'm not saying that he's maybe stepped ahead of Rasheed Williams or Rasheed Reynolds, Williams did have some reps but, out there too. But those guys, those guys, maybe it's, maybe it's time now Jamarcus Russell is trying to Every Shepherd. once in a while, Shepherd. what did I just say? <laughs> he, he did us. He oh, did what wow. you and I do. Yeah, <laughs> That was such a brain Usually dead Usually you're correcting us. I'm literally, yeah. that, that just rolled way too quickly <laughs> off the tongue for me. Jamarcus Shepard, I think now, is getting to the point where he's rolling guys in and just trying to see 
how some of these new guys well, can adapt. Did you see who Austin Mack was throwing routes to at the end? No. It was Rashid and yeah. uh, Keith Reynolds and right. uh, Tayshon. Right. They were running routes afterwards. But I thought it was interesting of the three guys, the three fresh, true freshmen that are out there. Tayshon Lyons was the one that was getting, getting some reps with reps, the two. Yeah. So I don't know if that's just they're so comfortable with a guy like Giles Jackson in the slot or even moving guys over to the slot if maybe they want to. Um, step back a little bit more with a guy like Keith Reynolds. I don't know. It's just speculation. Yeah, I was walking off the field uh, after player interviews, and uh, Tayshawn Lyons was sitting down with his legs crossed. It looked like he just got out of the uh, ice bath. Yeah. <laughs> I said, you doing okay, dude? And he's just shaking his head because there's high school football practice. Yeah. This is different. Yeah, and, and uh, college – Football uh, stuff is probably easier than the. It's probably oh. harder than the NFL. And it's well, but then let's also it's so regulated. It's such a collision sport nowadays, mm-hmm. and it's so much high speed, and it's so much the GPS now and the science involved. I mean, I was talking to, to Ron McKeefe about after practice, and we were talking about just how different it is compared to back in his day. I mean, you were talking two a days, mm-hmm. three a days. Yeah. Could you imagine what these guys would be thinking about if they had to do two a days or oh, three a days and not get water? Yeah, yeah, at times. But think so. What's what's pain? Yeah, French you, bread. You talk to <laughs> French bread. Yeah, uh, we want some more. We want some more. All right, but anyway, uh, did you? Because you talked to McKeefe. Did you yeah, ask him bit. how long he was in the bath in the ice bath? I didn't ask him because I had to wait until he was done. I'm so pretty that I could sure talk to him. he was in there. From the beginning all the way to the last player got out. I wish I could remember. Oh, I think it was Bandit. Was it Bandis? Was he the last guy too? The last actual player? I think. I yeah. think it may have been him and, and, and Coach Mack. They were the two guys. Yeah. I didn't they realize. They were just sitting was... in there like it was a hot tub. Like yeah. they had their arms draped over the well, top. The funny part about it is, yeah. is that is that we were being told we should talk to Coach Mack about certain things that we were asking. And uh, and you were like, oh, I think he just went up in, up at the tunnel. And so I was like, oh, I didn't even think about it. And then all of a sudden as I'm walking back towards the, the media room, you're looking and going, hey, wait, I think he's in, I think he's in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> and you were right. Yep. He was in the pool. We go full pads, which means they add the pants and thigh pads. That's about the only tomorrow. difference of full pads. But yeah, not 100% sure, but pretty sure they're going to be full pads Yeah, I, I made a mistake. I said today it was full pads, but it's usually two with just helmets. <laughs> yeah. Uh, three... I think you were, you, were a day, you were a day ahead. I was a day ahead, yeah. and then tomorrow is, is should be full pads. Yeah, and like I said, that just means basically adding a, a thigh guard, but usually when we see that, it usually means increased contact. Increased contact, but they, they still, you know, people have asked, when do they start doing live tackling? They don't do a lot of live tackling. No. It, no. Not nowadays. They do not want guys going yeah. to the ground under any circumstances. Yeah, it's, it's very rare that they do live tackling. Now... I do know that when they do the scrimmages that we aren't usually privy to watching, they will do some full tack, full on live tackling then. Yeah. But for the most part, during a regular practice, they do not do live tackling. I will be curious though tomorrow if they do go full pads. How if they do maybe have a live period where they might run a series or two because they've been known to do that before. Mm-hmm. Um, they will not go long long stretches, yeah. especially if the media is there. Yeah. Or or if they go off site, for instance, like they'll sometimes they'll go to the VMAC or which is where I think they're heading yeah, on Thursday or Popkini or so, where they've done pl- plenty both. of different places yeah. in the past. But sometimes these guys will do live. Um, I think I've even seen. I may be wrong about this, but I think I've even seen them go live live, where the quarterback's even live. Yeah. 
But it, they not, only not do with it this, for, not but, with this staff. They did it with uh, the one that I remember was, was Jeff uh, Linquist. Okay, but but I sometimes it'll happen. But they they'll do maybe a series. Mm-hmm. They may just give them just the tiniest little taste, just mm-hmm. to remind themselves what it's all about. Yep. Yeah, and also it was good to see number 54, Mike Rohrbach, out here today from Run to Win. And uh, he's got an event going tomorrow. Greg Lewis, I'll be emceeing that along with Damon Heward and a couple other surprise guests. And it's a way for you to, if you want to go to the event tomorrow, go to runtowin.org, runtowin.org. And get in a little early and get a little bit of uh, practice time. You can view it from Club Husky. So that's run to, not the numeral, runtowin.org. And Mike Rohrbach just does a fantastic job with his foundation. And in addition, he's a super guy. Me and Mike are good dudes. Mike's just, Mike's such a good dude. And he reminded me when the golf tournament was today, or it's sometime in mid-September. I'll be there. I'll be there. So big supporter of Mike and what he does. So uh, wrap it up. Final thoughts, Scott Eckler? Uh I... Again, I thought the offense won. Chris makes a good uh, good argument for the defense winning it, but I'm sticking with the offense. Uh, good day, though. Uh, a lot of big plays. Yeah, I, and I would say, too, that any time the defense did make a play, come up with the ball, get a takeaway on the takeaway Tuesday, it always seems like the offense came back. Like they were going to be – it wasn't – it was one of those things, Kim, because you talked about how they're in the dog days now. It felt like kind of a by-the-numbers practice until about halfway through or whatever, and then there was a couple plays where something happened, and I think it usually involved a takeaway or something that the defense did, and that kind of got the offense maybe vocally going a Mm -hmm. little bit more so that by the end, during the fourth period of their practice, they call it the fourth period, you could tell there there was some real kind of jawing going on on both sides in a good way. In, a, in the competitive spirit, not combative, but in the competitive spirit. And ultimately, I thought it was a really good practice. But like I said, I think the defense edged it. But when you get a guy like Austin Mack completing a bomb to, to, to not a bomb, but a pass to Jeremy Bernard for a touchdown where he outruns everyone, it's hard not to go, man, this offense is still really explosive, even yeah. without Mike Penix. Uh, practice tomorrow is open to us, and then uh, practices look like they're going to be closed to us for a little bit until the uh, a week from Tuesday. Yeah, we get one, we get one day for the last two weeks. So it's this. So it's this. It's two, next Tuesday. So next a week Tuesday. from today, and then next, and then the following, the following Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, and we still have media where we're still going to be talking to players and coaches as we well. We just won't so. have the threat, the running thread. In yeah, we, and we talked to a ton of defensive players and coaches today. I got a lot of phenomenal stuff. Um, about some things, don't don't necessarily need to talk about them here. You'll see them on the uh, in the stories, but there's some some really good stuff. Yeah, and I'm gonna hopefully uh, I'll touch bases with the coaches and see if I can hit a basketball practice coming up here within the next five days or so. I'll okay. see if we can when do they there. they leave for Europe in a few in a what a week or two? I forget. Okay. I forget. So um, Kim's yeah, dialed in. Yeah. No. It's just. <laughs> No, it's just it's just good to be back out here. You know, just pre-practice, Kalen. Yeah, Kalen DeBoer just still blows me away. So I mean, I'm just sitting there before everybody gets there, and he just comes over and talks to me for five minutes. Just you know, nonsense, just different stuff. So he just comes over and he'll talk to you. Yeah. How many well, coaches ever did that to you? Not many. Other well, than Tyrone. You, you, other than Tyrone. <laughs> usually, like like well, he came over and I was I was doing some stuff with the practice report. And he goes, "You seem to be typing a lot." It was it was it wasn't actually accusatory, but it was kind of like. Sticking the needle in just a little, just like what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> and uh, 
And so then I, that's why I asked him about the the, um, the sports science stuff with the quarterbacks yeah. and doing the gassers because that just was so beyond anything I'd ever seen before. But the explanation made total sense. So like I tell people on the message board and I told people in the thread today, at some point when Kalen DeBoer says something, you might as well give him the benefit of the doubt because I'm going to. I know you are. Scott is. It just It's one of those things where if he's going to say that there's bad news – He's going to say it if he can say it. And it's, he's not going to deliberately mislead. No. As much as any as much as much any coach in the country, everyone, they're always going to try to maybe not hide so much, but they're not going to give the full answer all the time. So, but if there's anybody out there that's going to tell you what's on his mind and be very transparent about it, it's Kalen DeVore. So let me ask you this. You're going to hit me for saying this. So back in the day... What? In the message so, board, so, you just said so, I was going to kill you last night. So I don't know what that's all about. Back in the day, if we'd been at practice in day two and Isaiah Stanback hadn't practiced for two days and we asked Tyrone why he wasn't practicing, what was it? What? how would that have gone? I don't know. No stuff football related. I don't know. I just I just remember <laughs> the thing about Ty Eriks and he was so mysterious about Ty Eriks not practicing and not being around. And then we come to find out that he just had mono. Yeah, it was like actually it was Scott White. Or no, it was Ty Eric's. Yeah, I don't no. remember Ty specifically. He made, he made and I'm just like, dagger. What, if you told us about that up front, that would literally have been a story that would have lasted a day, and no one would have cared. It wouldn't have been a story. It wouldn't. Have, well, like I said, it would have been a story for a day, and then the next day, no one would have cared. And Kalen DeBoer comes running up to us after practice to explain. Oh no, it. he wants to be very clear. Yeah, that there's funny. nothing going on with Mike Panic. So, yeah. and like I said, even if even if he hadn't come up today. Mike Penix did make some throws today. He did some things. It's just, again, it's so unusual to see a Heisman Trophy guy not getting his reps like you would expect he would. Yeah. And so I think that's why he feels like he's got to take that extra, that extra step to uh, to to create, uh, make sure it's a, a non-story. Great job again today, guys. We've got lots of good content coming up. So. Uh, look for that soon. Talk with Angelus today was good. Jamarcus Shepherds a couple days ago. We'll get all that out. Yeah, so. I was gonna say I had a phenomenal conversation with Eric Schmidt. Had a great conversation with Showtime Lance Holdsclaw. Yeah, um, he he gave us the insight on, into his nickname and um, some other things that I wanted to talk to him about. He was really really good. How come we don't have any nicknames? Uh, Do we need nicknames? No. See, now you're going to give people ideas, and that's yeah. not okay. good. Okay, if you're listening to this, come up with some nicknames for us. So uh, maybe we'll have – I'll tell you what. Come Whoever up comes up Kim. with – Come up with Kim. Come up, come up with the best mind. nickname. The best nickname, I will mail you something Kim, that you will love. Yeah. Kim, so. Kim's asking for a nickname. The rest of us oh, are Well, I'm not asking for one. I'm asking for you guys. You no. can't ask for one yourself. No. So, anyways, no. for all of us at Dogman.com, I'm Kim Grenolds along with Chris Fetters and Scott Eklund. Go dogs. <laughs>
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 